This is Tom Fox, and I would like to welcome you greetings and felicitations. In this podcast series, I'm going to be visiting with thought leaders, entrepreneurs, historians, and a wide variety of other people on topics that are outside the area of compliance, but are of great interest to myself and to listeners to the Compliance Podcast Network. In this series, I thought I would have some fun by looking at compliance as seen through the lens of Winnie the Pooh and the characters who live in the Hundred Acre Woods. Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore, Tigger, Kanga and Roo, and Piglet. Winnie the Pooh, also called Pooh Bear or Pooh, was created by the English author A.A. Milne, who first appeared in a collection of stories about him and his friends in the book Winnie the Pooh in 1926, and this was followed by The House at Pooh Corner in 1928. Milne also included a poem about the bear in the children's verse book when we were very young, and many more in Now We Are Six. All volumes were illustrated by E.H. Shepard, and the illustrations alone are worth the price of admissions. Many Americans were introduced to Pooh through the Walt Disney features Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, released in 1966, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, released in 1968, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, which was released in 1974. In this final episode, we look at Winnie the Pooh as the CECO, or Chief Compliance and Ethics Officer. Winnie the Pooh is truly the one of the most beloved characters in English fiction from the 20th century. Uh, I love Pooh as a boy, and I'm, most people I know love Pooh, and Compliance loves Pooh. Uh, as well as we should all love Pooh. I want to conclude my series by looking at Pooh through the lens of the Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer, or CECO, or CECO. Pooh may be a bit naive and slow-witted, but he is friendly, thoughtful, and steadfast. Although he and his friends agree that he's a bear of a very little brain, Pooh is occasionally acknowledged to have a clever idea, usually driven by common sense. Pooh is a talented poet, and the stories are frequently punctuated by his poems and hums. Although he is humble about his slow wittedness, he is comfortable with his creative gifts. When Owl's house blows down in a windstorm, trapping Pooh, Piglet, and Owl inside, Pooh encourages Piglet, the only one small enough to do so, to escape and rescue them by promising that a respectful Pooh song will be written about Piglet's feet. Later, Pooh muses about the creative process as he composes the song. Pooh is very social. Christopher Robin is his closest friend as well as Piglet, and he most often chooses to spend time with one or both of them. But he also habitually visits the other animals, often looking for a snack or an audience for his poetry as much as for companionship. His kind-heartedness means that he goes out of his way to be friendly to Eeyore, visiting him and bringing him a birthday present and building him a house, despite receiving mostly disdain from Eeyore in return. Some of my favorite Pooh sayings include, Think, think, think. Think it over, think it under. 
You can't stay in your corner of the forest waiting for others to come to you. You have to go to get them sometimes. Some people talk animals. Not many listen, though, and that's the problem. Piglet noticed that even though he had a very small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. My personal favorite, bother. When you're a bear of very little brains and you think of things, you sometimes find that a thing which seemed very thingish inside you is quite different when it gets out into the open and other people start looking at it. My spelling is wobbly. It's good smelling, but it wobbles. The letters get in the wrong places. There must be somebody there, and somebody must have said nobody. Just because an animal is large, it doesn't mean he doesn't want kindness. However big Tigger seems to be, remember that he wants as much kindness as Rue. We often forget the formulations of the U.S. sentencing guidelines of the role envisioned to the head of a corporate compliance program is called the chief ethics and compliance officer, not the chief compliance officer. The seven elements of an effective compliance program are foundational for starting and creating ethics oversight in an organization. They are not talked about as much anymore, but they do show any area that I think the DOJ has emphasized over the past couple of years. Beginning with the 2017 evaluation of corporate compliance and continuing this theme in the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs. A quick review of the seven elements is in order. They are, number one, establish policies, procedures, and controls. Number two, exercise effective compliance and ethics oversight. Number three, exercise due diligence to avoid delegation of authority to unethical individuals. Number four, Communicate and educate employees on compliance and compliance programs. Five, monitor and audit compliance and ethics programs for effectiveness. Six, ensure consistent enforcement and discipline of violations. Seven, respond appropriately to incidents and take steps to prevent future incidents. Senior leaders at both the DOJ and the SEC continually remind us about corporate culture. Indeed, Current Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco did so last October in her speech uh, announcing the Monaco Doctrine, where she talked about the Department of Justice would evaluate a company's culture. So having an ethical culture is and continues to be important, but what is an ethical culture? It is not simply a social science question, as an ethical culture is a foundation for any organization. An ethical culture is a foundational internal control without which all your other controls are likely to be ineffective. When an ethical culture can be reflective of the core values of the company, this only occurs if the company operationalizes those values throughout the company. What is an ethical culture? Eric Feldman has said it involves locations, languages, rituals of heroes and role models, and other informal mechanisms for building a particular culture. Yet even subcultures in an organization and throughout the world, the significant thing is to have some overarching ethical theme that, of that culture. That involves being consistent with the core values of integrity and ethical behavior. You must also work to serve your stakeholders. 
It does not take long to see where there is a disconnect between what senior management says and what employees take away as to whether there is an ethical culture in an organization. Indeed, one who only asks who gets promoted, the top salesperson who cuts corners, or the person who does business ethically and in compliance. Are there any other indicia? How are whistleblowers treated? Are they discriminated against overtly or subtly? We need to recall that the Department of Justice started from the position that the role of the compliance and ethics in an organization was co-equal with legal. Winnie the Pooh reminds us that foundational building block. He reminds us that a seco is a social animal. Just as Pooh is friends with the, all the animals and characters that we have visited over the past week and several we have not discussed in a podcast, you as a compliance professional should make friends with all the corporate functions they represent that we have represented this week. Sales, HR ombudsmans, finance, and legal. If you find out of you run out of honey to pass around, you can always resort to the Russ Berlin strategy of buying pizza. Even though this is the final offering in this week's podcast series on compliance in the 100 Acre Woods, do not feel blue. We will have another week of poo later for more compliance lessons. If you do feel blue in the interim, I hope you will check out the YouTube clip of the Winnie the Pooh theme song that uh, is in today's show notes. And finally, when all else fails, never forget, think, think, think. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast series as much as I had uh, producing it. I can't ever get enough of Winnie the Pooh, and anytime I can tell a story around Pooh to help explain a business process or a compliance issue, I'll take the opportunity to do so. I hope you will join me as I explore other issues around compliance podcasts on the Compliance Podcast Network.